welcome to the Relax With Me podcast. I'm your host, Sonia. Today we'll be reading The Emperor's New Clothes by Hans Christian Andersen. So let's take a deep breath, relax, and get comfortable so that we can enjoy the story. emperor's new clothes. Many years ago, there was an emperor who was so very fond of new clothes that he spent all his money on dress. He did not trouble himself in the least about his soldiers, nor did he care to go either to the theater or to hunt, except for the occasion they gave him for showing off his new clothes. He had a different suit for each hour of the day, and as of any other king or emperor, one is accustomed to say, He is sitting in council. It was always said of him, The emperor is sitting in his wardrobe. Time passed merrily in the large town that was his capital. Strangers arrived at the court every day. One day two rogues, calling themselves weavers, made their appearance. They gave out that they knew how to weave stuffs of the most beautiful colors and patterns, but that the clothes made from these had the wonderful property of remaining invisible to every one who was either stupid or unfit for the office he held. Those would indeed be splendid clothes, thought the emperor. Had I such a suit, I might at once find out what men in my realms are unfit for their office and be able to distinguish the wise from the foolish. This stuff must be woven for me immediately and he caused large sums of money to be given to the weavers that they might begin their work at once. So the rogues set up two looms and made a show of working very busily, though in reality they had nothing at all on the looms. They asked for the finest silk and the purest gold thread, put both into their own knapsacks, and then continued their pretended work at the empty looms until late at night. I should like to know how the weavers are getting on with my cloth, thought the emperor after some time. He was, however, rather nervous when he remembered that a stupid person or one unfit for his office would be unable to see the stuff. To be sure, he thought, I have nothing to risk in my own person, but yet I would prefer sending somebody else to bring me news about the weavers and their work before I trouble myself in this affair. All the city had heard of the wonderful property the cloth was to possess, and all were anxious to learn how worthless and stupid their neighbors were. I will send my faithful old minister to the weavers, concluded the emperor at last. He will be best able to see how the cloth looks, for he is a man of sense, and no one can be better fitted for this post than he is. So the faithful old minister went to the hall where the knaves were working with all their might at their empty looms. What can be the meaning of this, thought the old man, opening his eyes very wide. I can't see the least bit of thread on the looms. However, he did not speak aloud. The rogues begged him most respectfully to be so good as to come nearer, and then ask whether the design pleased him, and whether the colors were not very beautiful, pointing at the same time to the empty frames. The poor old minister looked and looked. He could see nothing on the looms, for there was nothing there. What? thought he. Is it possible that I am silly? 
I have never thought so myself, and no one must know it now. Can it be that I am unfit for my office? It will never do for me to say that I could not see the stuff. Well, Sir Minister, said one of the knaves, still pretending to work, you do not say whether the stuff pleases you. Oh, it's very fine, said the old minister, looking at the looms through his spectacles. The pattern and the colors are wonderful. Yes, I will tell the emperor without delay how very beautiful I think them. Well, we are very glad that they please you, said the cheats. And then they named the different colors and described the pattern of the pretended stuff. The old minister paid close attention that he must repeat to the emperor what they said. Then the knaves asked for more silk and gold, saying that it was needed to complete what they had begun. And of course, they put all that was given to them into their knapsacks and kept on working as busily as ever at their empty looms. The emperor now sent another officer of his court to see how the men were getting on and to find out whether the cloth would soon be ready. It was just the same with him as with the first. He looked and looked, but could see nothing at all but the empty looms. Isn't it fine stuff? asked the rogues. The minister said he thought it was beautiful. And then they began as before, pointing out its beauties and talking of the patterns and the colors that were not there. Well, I certainly am not stupid, thought the officer. It must be that I am not fit for my post, and that seems absurd. However, no one shall know it. So he praised the stuff he could not see, and said he was delighted with both colors and patterns. Indeed, your majesty, said he to the emperor when he gave his report, the cloth is magnificent. The whole city was talking of the splendid cloth that the emperor was having woven at his own cost. And now the emperor thought he would like to see the cloth while it was still on the loom. Accompanied by a select number of officials, among whom were the two honest men who had already admired the cloth, he went to the cunning weavers who, when aware of the emperor's approach, went on working more busily than ever, although they did not pass a single thread through the looms. Is it not absolutely magnificent, said the two officers who had been there before? If your majesty will only be pleased to look at it, what a splendid design, what glorious colors. And at the same time they pointed to the empty looms, for they thought that everyone else could see the cloth. Well, how is this, said the emperor to himself. I can see nothing. Oh, this is dreadful. Am I a fool? Am I unfit to be an emperor? That would be the worst thing that could happen to me. Oh, the cloth is charming, he said aloud. It has my complete approval. And he smiled most graciously and looked closely at the empty looms. For on no account would he say that he could not see that which two of his officers of court had praised so much. All the retinue now looked and looked they could see nothing any more than the others. Nevertheless, they all exclaimed, Oh, how beautiful! and advised His Majesty to have some new clothes made from this splendid material for the approaching procession. Magnificent! Charming! Excellent! resounded on all sides, and everyone seemed greatly pleased. The Emperor showed his satisfaction by making the rogue knights rogues' knights, and giving them the title of gentlemen weavers to the emperor.
The two rogues sat up the whole of the night before the day of the procession. They had 16 candles burning so that everyone might see how hard they were working to finish the emperor's new suit. They pretended to roll the cloth off the looms. They cut the air with great scissors and sewed with needles without any thread in them. See, they cried at last, the emperor's new clothes are ready. And now the emperor, with all the grandees of his court, came to the weavers. The rogues raised their arms as if holding something up and said, Here are your majesty's trousers. Here is the scarf. Here is the mantle. And the whole suit is as light as a cobweb. You might fancy you had on nothing at all when dressed in it. That, however, is the great virtue of this fine cloth. Yes, indeed, said all the courtiers, although not one of them could see anything, because there was nothing to be seen. If your imperial majesty will graciously be pleased to take off your clothes, we will fit on the new suit in front of the large-looking glass, said the swindlers. The emperor accordingly took off his clothes, and the rogues pretended to put on him separately each article of his new suit, the emperor turning round from side to side before the looking-glass. How splendid his majesty looks in his new clothes, and how well they fit, everyone cried out. What a design, what colors they are indeed, royal robes. The attendants are waiting outside with the canopy, which is to be borne over your majesty in the procession, announced the chief master of the ceremonies. I am quite ready, answered the emperor. Do my new clothes fit well, he asked, turning himself round again before the looking glass as if he were carefully examining his handsome suit. The lords of the bedchamber, who were to carry his majesty's train, fell about the ground as if they were lifting up the ends of the mantle, and walked as if they were holding up a train, for they feared to show that they saw nothing, and so be thought stupid or unfit for their office. So, in the midst of the procession, the emperor walked under his high canopy through the streets of his capital, and all the people standing by, and those at the windows cried out, Oh, how beautiful are our emperor's new clothes! What a train there is to the mantle! And how wonderfully, gracefully the scarf hangs! In short, no one would allow that he could not see those much-admired clothes, because in doing so he would have declared himself either a fool or unfit for his office. Certainly none of the emperor's previous suits had made such an impression as this. But the emperor has nothing on at all, said a little child. Listen to the voice of innocence, exclaimed her father. And what the child had said was, was whispered from one to another. But he has on nothing at all, at last cried out all the people. The emperor was vexed, for he felt that the people were right, but he thought the procession must go on now. And the lords of the bedchamber took greater pains than ever to appear holding up a train, although in reality there was no train to hold. <laughs>